You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Life Devotions. Thank you for joining me today. Healthy restraints is what I'm talking to you about. In other words, there are also unhealthy restraints. There are things that try to hold us back from what God has for us that are not healthy. And that can be just simply the too much entertainment of the world that is restraining us from going into the fullness of what He has for us. You know, I used to I used to love going to the movie theater and, and I didn't realize how much that was restraining me from what God had for me, but God knew because every time I would go, it's like I disappeared out of the spirit realm and he would have to wait till I recovered from it before I could be restored to walk in the light of his countenance and I would go in the darkness and, and it's because of how it had an effect on me and how it had a hold on me. I'm not advocating here that if you go to a movie theater that you're sinning against the Lord. Yeah, there's a lot of things that we ought not to be watching, but that speaks for itself. But, but so I'm not advocating that. But for me, and it has to do with the way the Lord also works in the grace that He works in me to be able to see and know things that He says, no, Robert, I cannot... I cannot be in you what I, I need to be in you and that the two don't go together. And, and it's because it had such a hold on me and I had to let it go. But I struggled with that and the Lord helped me in it. And now I, I just not in me to do it. And I don't seek it and don't desire it. And it's not something that's part of my nature. So the Lord was able to, to gain that kind of excess in me. And now I feel restrained to go to the movie where otherwise I felt restrained, you know, that I couldn't go. And now, oh no, I, I don't want to go. So I'm giving that as a simple example. And there are unhealthy restraints that cause us to be held back from things of God, you know, relationships and other things. But I want to talk to you today about healthy restraints, okay? Not unhealthy. And there are many things that you can read in Ephesians, Colossians, Romans, and other parts of the scripture where you could see the unhealthy restraints that can be there hindering us from our walk with God. But today I don't feel to go there. I feel to show you healthy restraints. So the first one I want to mention is the love of our Savior. The Apostle Paul here in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 14 says, For the love of Christ compels us because we judge thus that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all, that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. That word compels, that word compels is the word also restraints. It is to hold, hence to hold together, or to grip tightly. The word describes people who are afflicted with various diseases and pains, or paralysis, 
uh, or paralyzed with fear, crowds that are hem, hemming Christ in, an army surrounding Jerusalem, soldiers arresting Jesus and holding him fast. In every use of the word, there is a sense of constraint, a tight grip that prevents an escape. The love of Christ leaves us no choice except to live our lives for him. Right? The love of Christ compels me. The love of Christ constrains me. And, you know, I, many years ago, I was going through trainings of the Lord. I, I do every day, but, but that was a specific time that I had this sense that I felt the Lord was, and I know that example isn't always used positively, but in my sense, it's very positive that the Lord's presence was like a straitjacket, that I was being sewn into him and that I couldn't move unless he moved. I couldn't act unless he acted. I couldn't speak unless he spoke. And that's how it came across to me and how the Lord was tightening and tightening his grip on me, his restraint on me, and how I was learning to become one with that restraint to the point where it is who I am. It is what I am. I don't have a life outside of Jesus. I don't have a life outside of his nature and character. And you may go, well, pastor, isn't that a bit extreme? No, Jesus said, I and the Father are one, John 10, verse 30. I and the Father are one. Jesus said in John 5, 19, the son of man can do nothing of himself except what he sees the father do. And the father loves him and shows him all things that he does himself and will show him greater things than these so that you may marvel. Jesus lived in that constraint where 12 years of age, he said to his mother and father who anxiously sought for him for three days, why do you seek for me? Did you not know? I must be about my father's business. You see, the constraint was upon Jesus right from his youth. David talks about that same constraint upon his life in Psalm 71, where he says, Lord, from my mother's womb, you've always constrained, kept me, held me. Isaiah says the same in Isaiah 41, verse 10 to the children of Israel, fear not, the Lord is with you. Don't be dismayed. He is Almighty God. He will strengthen you. He will help you. He's upholding you, restraining, constraining you with His righteous right hand. What keeps you from sinking is His constraint. You would have sunk, Israel says it again and again. We would have been consumed alive if it wasn't for the Lord. Lamentations chapter 3. We would have been swallowed alive if it wasn't for the Lord, says Jeremiah there. That constraining, friends, I couldn't bear to live without it. I'd be terrified if I didn't live in it. I've maybe shared this before, but uh, for those of you that haven't heard it, I was sitting in the airport in, in Moscow many, many years ago in the 90s. I'd flown in from the Far East where I administered 
and I was waiting for my flight to London and I was drinking my cup of tea and I was so full of the presence of Jesus. I wasn't aware of the thousands around me. All I could think about was the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And like an elevator, I could feel myself become conscious of the world and all the people's desires and feelings and dressing and bodies and all that. And I said, no, Jesus, no, Jesus, in my heart, I'm not of this world, Lord, I'm not of this world. And instantly, like an elevator, his spirit of resurrection life drew me back up into his holy of holies where everything is perfect in his presence. And he said to me, I'm upholding you with my own righteousness. And I could not bear to not be constrained by his own righteousness. And I want to plead with you today, let that constraining grace of God be a reality to you every day. And I want to give you a second part to this devotion, how we all need to be constrained by His love, how we need to be held in the grip of His grace, how we need to be held in that grip of grace day and night, where we know, oh, if it wasn't for the grace of God, I, I, I would have gone into the world. I, I would have given in to my old ways. I, I would have ruined this marriage. I, I would have, I would have, but he's, his love constrained me. And I know that he's my keeper who never slumbers nor sleeps and who watches over me day and night. And I know that that would have committed to him my life, my marriage, my home, my family, my walk in this life. He is able to keep until the day of his coming. That's what the Apostle Paul says. So we need that constraining every day, but I want to take you to a second part of this in 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 7. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work in this world. Only he, talking about the Almighty, who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way until His restraining grace is lifted. I think one of the things that we are witnessing in our lifetime is that the restraint is being lifted. And you could see the absolute mad madness that we're facing in our day, especially in the area of morals where men don't even know they're men and women don't know they're women and, and the choices they make in their relationships and so forth. And that people willfully are destructive in their abuse of alcohol and other, other things, knowing they're destroying their marriages, their homes, and they willfully do it. And people they deeply love, they're throwing it away for the love of worthlessness and falsehood. And you could see the restraint is being lifted. Can you hear me? You could see the restraint is being lifted. I so pray that you and I have so lived in the restraint of our redeeming Savior, that even if that restraint is not there anymore, we don't know what else to do. It's not that we have another life that's been lurking in the shadows that we can't wait to get back to. It's like this, <coughs> I heard of this lady who'd been married for a long, long time and she had given up smoking a long time ago. And the moment her husband died, she started smoking again. And the only reason 
she gave up smoking is because he restrained her from doing so. He, she knew it, it grieved him, displeased him, so she didn't do it. But the moment he died, she started again. So in all those years, it had never died off. It was just waiting to reemerge. And I really believe that the restraining of Christ's love should so live in us that even if the restraint wasn't there, we wouldn't go back to where we came from. We wouldn't go do what we used to do. We wouldn't go talk the way we used to talk and think and act the way we used to do. We would live right and pleasing in His sight because His love has become our love. His ways have become our ways. His thoughts have become our thoughts. <coughs> and I want to encourage you today you need to realize that He who restrains you, the Lord, the Heavenly Father, He wants you to be a source of restraining in your community, in your household. I think about Esau, who allowed hate in his heart towards his brother, when what happened was the cause of his own wrongdoing, his own wrong choices. But then he allowed hate in his heart and he said something interesting. You find it in the book of Genesis. He said, when my father dies, I will kill my brother. And murder and hate often are twins in the hearts of those who let that in. Let it never be so of you and me. But he carried that in his heart and he passed it on to his children and children's children so that their passion was to go and kill the, the children of Jacob. You see that in Amalek. The son, the one of the children of Esau's oldest son, called Amalek, had but one passion, is kill, kill the children of Jacob, destroy them, kill them. And, and, and where did that come from? From Esau. But what held him back from doing it was that his father's presence was a restraining force to him. But it never got it out of his heart. He never went to God and repented. That's why the scripture says God hated Esau, but he loved Jacob because Esau's heart was evil and never gave it up. Every one of us can stumble into evil, but God forbid that we would continue in it and God would see to it that you utterly repent from it and would never go back to it. So what I want to say to you here is we could see the restraint is lifting from the world and look at the madness and chaos. Oh, how today the Lord needs you and I to be compelled by that constraining love of Christ, to no longer live to please ourselves, but live to please Him who loved us and gave Himself for us and be a source of restraining for others. We need this, folks. The world needs you. The world needs you. The Lord is looking to raise up a standard to restrain the evil from destroying the world. And I tell you, when, when, when Abraham was told by the Lord that, that the restraint was being lifted off of Sodom and Gomorrah and that the ways of men were being exposed. And we know that there was immorality there to, to the extreme and there was selfishness to the extreme in, in Sodom and Gomorrah and, and these other three towns. And, and the Lord was lifting the restraint and Abraham interceded with God if there was but Ten people who wouldn't go with that, would he, would he hold back the judgment? And the Lord says, if there were ten people living for me, I would use them to restrain this town and it would not be destroyed. I tell you, the Lord is looking for you and me to be a restraining force. 
come on, live to the praise and glory and be that restraining force for your children and your children's children, for your town, for your community, for the people around you. You know, I, I, I went into this place to rent a car not long ago in the month of March, uh, just a couple of weeks ago. And, and there was misunderstandings and there were people there really upset because, because they had to wait quite a long time and they were tired, they had traveled a long way. Virginia and I were tired, we traveled a long way. But, but you know, we talk so often to be a light in uh, Virginia and I and to be an example and all of that. And, and it just happened, it just happened. I was in that room and I felt the love of Jesus come in the room and in minutes, the atmosphere that was hostile and attacking people working there changed and we, and, and we had the best of time. And I know it was the Lord, I'm not boasting in Robert here, but that's that restraining love of Christ in our hearts that can hold back hostility, that can hold back ungodliness and unrighteousness. Come on, it's time. God needs you, amen? Have a good day.